Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Catch up with you guys, man. And uh, Chris, I got to tell you, um, my boss had me do a couple of promos for the show today, right? Mm. He said, Mark, we're going to air these promos on some of our other stations. You know, just uh, put a hook in there to get people to listen to your show. 
And so I was thinking about this, something you just said. The thing that I always hear, right, is thanks, Mark, and it's always the same reason. Thanks for giving the upstate something it never had but always needed. Somebody who would call it right down the line on Clemson and South Carolina, praise them and criticize them where warranted. The upstate never had that before, right? And so we've kind of slid into that role. And yesterday, man, you know, I got to I got to be honest with you, man. Um, not that you need to earn points with me, but you earn points with the Mississippi State pick. I don't agree, but you mm. earn points with it because that's not easy to do. You know, that's a game, Chris, that literally 100% of Gamecock fans have in the win column. Not because they're right, but because that needs to be in the win column for them to achieve their goals that year. So it's not easy, man. It's not easy to be Jim Carrey and liar, liar, and not tell a lie, right? To go against what you're thinking. And I really tip my cap to you, man, for uh, for being willing to uh, to jump out there and make that pick. Now I'm fascinated with the why. Will Rogers is that good to you, right? He, he's that he's that good to you. He Will Rogers advantage over Spencer Rattler. Well, and and Mark, for, yeah. First things first. Again, appreciate you taking the time. And I, and I'll say this on that pick. Um, it's one of those where Mark, I'll tell you, I, there's a process for me for sitting down and locking in predictions. It's not as simple as just win loss, win loss, win loss, whatever. Okay, it's done. Like I sit down and sort of just whatever comes to me, that's what I go with. So I didn't go into that expecting, okay, I'm going to pick Mississippi State as a loss. And I heard people talk about it all preseason that this is arguably the biggest trap game on South Carolina schedule. Thought, okay, whatever. As I sat down and looked at the schedule, and admittedly I'll say this, Mark, and I have no problem with people disagreeing because Mississippi State, you know what, rest in peace, the Pirate, they may not be very good this year. But, Mark, I've watched South Carolina football long enough to know, and it's just, it's college football, man. Like, since when does it go chalk? Since when does it go exactly as you expect? So I do think Will Rogers, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. I just don't think Mississippi State falls off this cliff. Like, because it's so easy to write them off because, oh, Mike Leach passed. They're donezo. I think, honestly, Mark, I look at Mississippi State as North Carolina with better lines of scrimmage. They've got a high-quality quarterback. They've got SEC athletes up front. I don't think South Carolina, as it looks like we just lost Mark Ryan here. What, what just happened? All right, we're going to get Mark to jump back in here. I'm not sure exactly what just happened. Um, let's see. Let me shoot Mark a text. <laughs> I don't know if it's his. It might be his Wi-Fi. It's got to be his Wi-Fi. It's not my Wi-Fi. Okay, we await Mark Ryan talking about the Mississippi. Here he is. Okay, talking about the Mississippi State pick. Okay, sorry about that, Mark. I'm not sure if that was you no. or me. Think it, was, think it was on my end, brother. My bad. You're my good. Bad. You're good. Sorry Anyways, I, I was just saying, I view Mississippi State as UNC with better lines of scrimmage. And I think South Carolina has real deficiencies in those areas. And I think when you have those deficiencies, you find the inconsistencies. And so it would not surprise me after the Georgia game, you're beat up. To me, this has noon game at Willie B written all over it. And similar to Mizzou last year, I just would not be surprised if early on in the season, you're still trying to figure things out offensively. You know, Mississippi State will, you know, they're not going to run the air raid, but Will Rogers is still a very, very good quarterback, right? You still got questions in the secondary as well. It just would not shock me, my friend. It, it would not shock me at all. 
You know what, brother? Um, I'm going to bring you into a UF anecdote, but it applies mm. very much to South Carolina here, okay? When my buds and I were in college at the University of Florida, we had this theory on road games, man. Whenever there wasn't a big road game, Chris, Spurrier would always come out wearing the orange pants, mm -hmm. okay? It, he always did it when it wasn't a big road game, right? When it was like at Kentucky or something. Or remember, mm -hmm. Arkansas wasn't very good. So mm -hmm. you're at Arkansas and Spurrier comes out with the orange pants and we'd always be like, it's an orange pants game. Oh my <laughs> God, you know what happens in an orange mm -hmm. pants game. And so that just became a phrase. It's an orange pants game because we knew that the team was going to come out flat in that game. You know, at Florida State, you come out wearing the blue pants or the white pants, right? You always came out. And Spurrier always did that in the, in the non-big games. And so what you're telling me is that Mississippi State at home in a noon game is an orange pants game or whatever the color would be mm. for games that South Carolina does not get up for. And you know it when you see it, and sometimes you can just put it on the schedule. Conversely, though, Chris, has there ever been a more amped, hyped player in a single game than Spencer Rattler will be that week one against North Carolina? I mean, you've got, outside of Caleb Williams, the golden boy of college football and Drake May, against the guy who was the golden boy, trying to still show he is the golden boy, but has largely been forgotten and NFL draft circles, and that's why he's back at South Carolina this year. Have you ever seen or thought of or conjured up in your mind a better or bigger I'm back, how you like me now mm -hmm. moment than Spencer Rattler has in that game, right? The and, and kid I, and I, versus the yeah. forgotten kid, that's the matchup. And if I'm Spencer Rattler, I'm exploding with enthusiasm for that one. Yeah, and I think that chip on the shoulder, Mark, I was just going to say, I think that's something that is going to help him out-duel Drake May and get that win week one. First thing, Mark, that before we go any further, I want to congratulate you and uh, Diesel on being – please, please, I was actually trying to look it up and I could not find the tweet. You guys have been nominated for the best sports show, I believe, in the state of South Carolina. You and Rob Brown, by the way. The fan upstate is crushing. So let the people know, just in case they do not, I want to take some time – to recognize you, recognize Diesel also. Rob Brown and Lonzo do a great job. But take the floor for a moment, my man, and shine because you guys deserve it. Uh, Chris, number one, thank you very, very much. Number two, Chris, please don't post this portion of the video, okay? Because I'm, I'm about to just shoot straight with you. <laughs> I'm about to just shoot straight with you here, okay? okay. Um, that, that award is not a focus of our show, okay? Um, and um, you will see when you follow our accounts, two very different priorities with the shows on our station. Why is it not a priority for our show? Well, our management wants us to take part in that, so I do it, Chris. But I get the sense that there's only two or three shows in the whole state who submit to that, right? Um, they have a, an award Sportscaster of the Year. Wouldn't you think Don Munson or Todd Ellis would win Sportscaster of the Year, right? The, the issue is you got to pay into the South Carolina Broadcasters Association to be eligible for these awards, right? So you see no shows from our competition that are up for it. You see no shows from 107.5 The Game that are up for it. 107.5 The Game has a great show. Chris, you have a great show. Why are you not up for sports uh, Sportscaster <laughs> of the Year? You know why? Because you don't pay in to the South Carolina Broadcasters Association. You don't, you don't pay into that. Um, 
And as a result of that, you know, I just, there's just a disagreement there, Chris. Like I don't, nowhere on the award does it say best show in the state. The word mm -hmm. state doesn't appear anywhere there. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's, it's called best sports talk show. And it's the best sports talk show among those members who are members of the South Carolina Broadcasters Association because they pay to be a member of the Bro South Carolina Broadcasters Association. So it puts a different paint job on things, right? But you know, Chris, I'm never going to blow smoke at you. Um, you know, we're one of two finalists. Great. We may have been the only two shows that submitted for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so like to me, that's not a focus of our show. Okay. And whether we got first or second place, Chris, it's based on a four minute submission. Would you think you can determine the best show by a four minute submission? Would you think right. that? Or no. Any and I'd say anybody can have a great four minutes. Can you do right. it consistently and day so, in, day out for four right. hours? And so, and right. so it's like you, you put 10 30 second highlights in there, and whoever has the best four minute submission wins. But Chris, you know as well as I do that the best show is determined by ratings, revenue, downloads over a 12 month period. Mm -hmm. And that's why, Chris, no matter what happens, you're not gonna hear me mention that at all. And it's just a very, very, very different philosophy between the two shows at our station. Um, again, I'm like Jim Carrey. You're like Jim Carrey, man. We can't tell a lie. I've got to shoot straight with you about mm -hmm. that. If management tells me they want me to participate, I'll participate. Um, but I'm like, I'm absolutely not going to crow on that. And, you know, the fact that you congratulated me on that, I always appreciate the kind words, Chris. What I appreciate more than anything else is the growth of our show and you know folks liking the show and what they hear and and us continuing to be number one at our station in ratings revenue and, and downloads there's nothing the scba can give me that that trumps that mm -hmm. it's i'm kind of like nikola Jokic, uh chris phillips in this sense he lost his nbp nba finals mvp award he lost it because it wasn't important to him because what was important to him was winning the title with his mm -hmm. teammates right nba finals mvp some subjective award that somebody gives out, you know, it didn't mean anything to him. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same, the same way, man. I'm not interested mm -hmm. in being one of two, one of three, you know, I'm interested in consistently being great and uh, setting mm -hmm. records. So more than you bargained for brother, I, 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 I see it, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think you are deserving and, and uh, warranted of, uh, of earning some awards as well. Well, Mark, I can say this, you know, what I respect about you is you, you don't need external validation to know that the work you're doing is great. I respect that. And you are determining the value of your work based off the value you are driving for the end consumer. That, my friend, I can respect to a great degree for sure. And I operate Thank the same know. exact way. Um, all right. Getting back to football, Mark, you know, you talked about you had a lot of respect for me for the game by game predictions for the first six games. I have locked in my game-by-game -game predictions for the final six and there and such the entire season. Would you like to hear those picks for the final six games? Oh, absolutely. This graphic like has not picks. dropped yet. I'd like yet. to hear your picks for the first six games. I think okay. North yeah, Carolina we'll, we'll go, will win. Georgia yeah, we'll go down the list. We'll, we'll go down the list. So this graphic will drop after TDC today. It has not dropped yet. These are my game-by-game okay, no, no, game predictions. Yeah, go ahead. Am go ahead. I able to give you a, a quick agree or disagree with each game? Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to – me run through the whole thing or game by game, just agree, disagree, and we'll, we'll go. Let, let's, let's we'll go game by game. That's are. fine. Okay, we'll go okay. game by game. UNC, I've got the Gamecocks winning 31 to 27. 
Um, UNC, I have the Tar Heels winning 34 to 30. Wow. Okay. All right. We're off to a hot start. <laughs> Mark, get this. I've got South Carolina week two beating Furman 35 to 20, though. A lot of people balked at that score. I think South Carolina, after an emotional week one, maybe kind of sputters out the gate, and Furman is not your typical FCS opponent. 35 to 20 win, though. Orange pants game, 38-26, South Carolina over Furman. Week three against Georgia. Mark, as you mentioned, I love the way you put it. Jim Carrey and liar, liar, cannot tell a lie. This is me telling the brutal, honest truth. This is a question of how many times does South Carolina cross the 50? I think Georgia's still head and shoulders above South Carolina, especially in the line of scrimmage. 41 to 10 Bulldogs. Man, <laughs> Yeah, Georgia's really good, man, but I think this is the game where you're really going to see how much South Carolina has grown under Shane Beamer. Y you're telling me they haven't grown that much, Chris. I mean, that's that's what you're telling me. So, so you know, the the lines of scrimmage aren't great for South Carolina. They, in order for them to achieve their goals, they have to improve rush offense, rush defense, right? Offensive line rankings, defensive line rankings. Um you know, South Carolina's lines, Chris, are regarded as either the worst or second or third worst in the SEC, offensive and defensive line. I think we're going to see an improvement there. And um, I'm going to go, Chris, 34-20, Georgia over South Carolina. So a respectable showing, but not a dub. I, I, I do think they fare better than you do, though. Okay, so the following week, as we all know, most notably, I've picked the Gamecocks to fall in an upset 24-17 to to Mississippi State. By the way, uh, Beamer Rattler are not winning the presidential election that you hope they win. <laughs> if, if, if they drop a 41-10 egg against Georgia, man, you know, you know as well as I do. Come on, man. Come on. Jason, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, Mark. We'll, we'll inter hey, we'll interject right here. Maybe this is a conversation for after the predictions and we can save it as such. I think South Carolina was a better football team last year and they lost 48 to seven. So in Athens, I, I just, I got to see South Carolina be able to compete in the trenches against the dogs before I give them any sort of credit. That's just where I stand on it. Anyways, we can keep it going and follow up on that after the fact. But anyways, okay, so I got Mississippi the, State. Yeah. Mississippi State. Uh, I'll go 30 to 14 Gamecocks. I love it. The following week, Gamecocks go to Knoxville. You know, Mark, I labeled this as a toss-up game solely because of what South Carolina did last year. I don't know how you can say 100%, right? Don't sleep on Beamer. This, to me, though, is the least likely chance of victory in the toss-ups. I think Tennessee, they've got this one circled. I think the Gamecocks start to show signs of improvement and progression. And, L, I'm not a moral victory guy, but I think it's an offensive shootout. But Tennessee, no chance they lose to the Gamecocks to what happened last year. 45 to 28 balls. What is this, Chris? Are you trying to temper expectations for the whole fan base? Yeah. Okay, Chris, riddle me this. How do you know what Tennessee is this year? How do you know what they are? Okay, you saw what they were year one of Josh Heupel. Right. Year one of Josh Heupel looked a lot like year one for Shane Beamer, year one for Billy Napier. Like, and then you saw a really good year two, but the three most important principal people there, Hyatt, Tillman, and Hooker, are yeah. no longer there. So you know you have Heupel's offense, mm -hmm. but you don't know that you have the pieces that can execute that offense. 
And outside of a howitzer for an arm, what do you know that Joe Milton gives you? How do you know that Tennessee is the second best team in the East? We mentioned it, Chris. For Shane Beamer, year one was fourth place in the East. Year two was third place in the East. Year three, the goal has got to be second place in the East. Furthermore, year three is always the year. Always. Read my lips. Always. Always the year, Chris, where coaches that are going to pop, pop. Just about always in the modern era, right? I know Gamecock fans are going to throw Spurrier at me, but in the modern era, that's, <clears throat> that's, how, that's how this works. So, Chris, I, I don't see why that's not a winnable game for the Gamecocks. Mm. Are they going to win? Maybe not. But I'm going to say 38-33 Tennessee, very competitive game. House of horrors for the Gamecocks historically, Mark Ryan. And I'll say this again. Do we know for a fact what Tennessee's going to be? No. I believe in Josh Heupel's offensive system. Can Joe Milton throw the change up is the biggest question mark. But it's a quarterback-friendly system. I think he flourishes. I think that could arguably be the game Tennessee plays their best game of the season. I, I just, again... After last year, all the focus on that game, <clears throat> I don't see Tennessee laying an egg in that one. The bye week comes. And to your point, am I trying to temper expectations, whatever? Well, South Carolina better turn it on the second half, right? Uh, bye week comes at a great time. Gamecocks have can the I, can Gators. I get my record so yeah. far, Chris? What is my record so far for the Gamecocks? Your record is four and two. We're only, no, excuse me, excuse me. You got the loss to UNC. So one and one, one and two, two and two, th- wait, three and two. Yes, three and two, three and two. Okay, three and two. And I am well, wait a minute, two wait a minute. And three. I got two and three. I think I got two and three because I got a loss to UNC, a loss to Georgia, and a yes, loss to Tennessee, right? Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. Okay. Two okay. So, so we are identical with record. Okay. I think you just don't like my scores all that much. <laughs> um, anyways, by, so we both have two and three. Bye week comes at a great time. South Carolina is trying to figure some things out again. I think that 28 points offensively, like I think the offense under Dowell Loggins kind of gets going a little bit. Florida comes to Willie B the following week. The same way that was revenge for Tennessee. I think it's the same for South Carolina. I've called it the most important game of the year, Mark Ryan. I'm not sure if you saw that. I think it is because of where it sits on the schedule. I think the Gamecocks take care of the Gators. I don't believe in Graham Mertz. And I think Billy Napier can be a good coach for Florida if they give him the opportunity to stay there for quite a while, the way they're recruiting. But this Florida team, I think, is probably finishing sixth in the East, 41-20 to Gamecocks over Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris, full permission to post this clip. Okay, full ahead, permission. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, on the in the comments section, who am I a fan of? First, first person gets a tip of the cap. Who am I a fan of? Okay, let me let me get your picks. Who am I a fan of? Get, give me give me that right in the comments here below. Do you know where did I go to school? Who am I a fan of? What do you what do you guys know about me on that? All right. Well, here is the skinny, Chris. Here is the skinny. Thank you, Austin Gregory. Florida has no shot in this game. Absolutely, positively no shot in this game. Nobody talks about things like bye weeks, Chris. That is imperative. The fact that you get to press reset, Florida does not. The quarterback battle, no comparison. Graham Mertz, Spencer Rattler, give me a break, man. No comparison. Florida's got a great recruiting class coming in. Maybe by 2025, if Billy Napier's still there, that'll mean something, Chris. But it's not going to mean something right now with a veteran quarterback playing at home off of the bye, the fever pitch of that of that South Carolina rivalry. 
I think you're well on it, Chris, with your prediction. Uh, I'm going to go 37-17 South Carolina. The Gators have no shot against the Gamecocks this year. Um, 34-6 to last year, Chris, notwithstanding the motivational factor that that has with the Gamecocks, mm-hmm. that was South Carolina's worst game of the year and credit mm-hmm. Florida for creating that worst game of the year. But Anthony Richardson is not walking through that door. The Gators have, you can look through their chance, Chris, no chance against the Gamecocks, 37-17. And to your point, Mike Ryan, I just wanted to point this out. South Carolina football is 15-2 and coming off of a bye week since 2009. So they go. have been very, I mean, t- to your point, just the impact of what a bye week can do for a football team. On that note, so this started today, right? My second half prediction. That was my first half. And we're both at three and three. I think South Carolina parlays that Florida win. Streaks are made to be broken. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They take down Mizzou 26-20 to in Como. It finally happens to spark the second half of the season. What say you? Missouri sucks. Eli Drinkwitz <laughs> talks like he's been Drinkwitzing all day. They've you beaten the Gamecocks four in a yeah, row, but, Mark but, Ryan. But what four does that have row. to do with this year? Chris, you put too much stock in, like, the Gamecocks always do this every year. And they've lost four times in a row. What the hell does that have to do with this year, brother? Nothing. Well, I'm picking the W. I'm just giving you some historical significance of the game. No, Missouri sucks, dude. Eli (laughs) Drinkwitz is going to be firmly on the hot seat, if not totally fired. Does Mizzou beat Florida this year? Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) 31-13 Gamecocks. 31-13 Gamecocks easy comfortable win you're just better chris mm-hmm. you're just better don't get caught up in this every year this happens that's nothing to do with this year okay so we're both at four and three we're both at four and three <clears throat> the game picks are a little bit different we're both at four and three the road trip to college station texas a&m 
I got burned like so many people last year, Mark. I had the Aggies like 10 and 2. They were terrible. I think those five-star recruits are a year older. You insert Bobby Petrino into College Station. I'm not saying they're world beaters this year. I'm not going to pick it to be a 10-win team. I think this is a tough one for South Carolina at Kyle Field. I got the Aggies 45-24. to Chris, there is a game every single year that the Gamecocks win that they have no business winning. Okay? Now, talent-wise, that might be the case here. But Jimbo Fisher has not shown that he knows how to deal or utilize, best utilize that talent. Give me the upset of the year, okay? Give me a very crucial and critical 26-21 win for the Gamecocks. Uh, Texas A&M driving late. They're inside the uh, South Carolina 10. And the Gamecocks get a character-building First and goal stop, right? Four downs inside the 10. Gamecocks win in College Station, 26-21. 26-21. Okay, so I'm at four and four. You're at five and three. The next week, Jacksonville State, JSU's first year at FBS. I've got Carolina getting a big 48-10 win, dominating fashion to start the month. I believe that's the first weekend in November. I think they started in style, 48-10 win at home. Gamecocks, 56 to negative two. (laughs) I love that. Big win. Big win either way. The following week, Vanderbilt comes to town. Gamecocks have won 13 in a row. Mark, I tell you this, my original pick was 42 to 17. And you know what? You're going to fault me. It's totally fine. But these games against Vandy, for some reason, they're always like weirdly close. Like even last year, Carolina won by 11. And you look back at the games at home, it's they've just been strangely close. I like Clark Lee. At some point, Vandy's going to snap the streak. It will not be this year. Carolina wins, but it's closer than maybe folks prefer. 31-24, to 24, Carolina. So, Chris, you know how, like, we love to use transitive property, which is if A beats B and B mm. beats C. The thing that destroyed transitive property last year was in a couple weeks' time, South Carolina beats Vanderbilt. Mm. Vanderbilt beats Florida. And then Florida castrates the Gamecocks on, on national television. <laughs> Like, how did that make any sense? You know what I mean? Was was like, the was those... the Florida the Florida beatdown of the Gamecocks was after they lost to Vandy? Is that right? Um, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. Either. But uh, what I can tell you, Chris, is it was within a few weeks of one another. Right. Okay. Right. right. It was w- absolutely within a few weeks of one another. Is uh is when that is when that took place. Um, there's no chance that uh, Vanderbilt is going to beat South Carolina. You know. You at Vanderbilt, man, they have to overcome so much. The number one thing they need to overcome, Chris, is themselves not been invested. Uh oh, they allow Gamecocks, LSU fans, Georgia fans to sell out their stadium to where it's a, a road game for Vandy in their home stadium. The Gamecocks would never allow that, the Florida Gators would never allow that, right. So there is a major seismic culture shift that and uh, that, that Clark Lee is attempting. That doesn't happen overnight. Um, they're not winning this game, Chris, and it's not going to be close. I will go um, South Carolina 30-10. to 10. By the way, on a side note, Florida beat A&M last year, beat South Carolina, and then lost to Vandy. So what a wild just couple of weeks that was for the Gators. Um, the following week, Kentucky comes to town. 
And, Mark, you picked Texas A&M as the game where South Carolina kind of shocks the world, the one game, you know, every single year it feels they have. So I think Kentucky's actually that game. At home, I think the Cats are favored. I could see them being an eight-win team at this point. A lot of people are high on Kentucky with Devin Leary, Liam Cohen. Some folks are picking them to be that number three team in the East. I think South Carolina most likely under the lights. Shane Beamer's teams are different in late November than early in season. I think that shows yet again Gamecocks get their seventh win. So I had them losing three in a row early in the season. I got them winning three in a row late. Give me Carolina 34, Kentucky 24. What's my record so far, Chris? You are at I was two and three at the bye. Yes, yes. Uh, Let's see. Two and three at the bye. Three and three, four and three, five and three, six and three. So are you seven and three? Is that right? Because you had... You have wins over Florida, Mizzou, A&M, and Jacksonville State, and Vandy. So you've got five wins in a row right now. Yeah, yeah. Five well, wins in Chris, a row. Chris, uh, we, we we were building up the Gamecocks fans' <laughs> faith in me, and now it's going to take a terrible tumble, Chris. Now it's going to take a terrible tumble. For this reason, Chris, for this reason. Just like the Gamecocks win one every single year they're not supposed mm. to, they lose one every single year they're not supposed to. You have that game being Mississippi State. Mm. I have that game being Kentucky. They're feeling great about themselves. They've been on this win streak. Devin Leary comes to town. Spencer Rattler due for a reception game somewhere. I'm going to say it happens here against Mark Stoops' defense. I think it's one of those incredibly frustrating games where Gamecock fans feel as though mm. they should win the game. You know, we should have. We were the better team. We kicked ourselves in the foot, so on and so forth. You know, and it might be a game that special teams wins for the Gamecocks, Chris. Mm-hmm. I think the Gamecocks are kicking themselves for, and I think Kentucky comes in and gets a 24-20 win. Okay, so we both have 7-4 and four going into the season finale against Clemson, which this will be a fun one for obvious reasons because of your show, and you hear it from both Gamecock fans, Clemson fans, no matter what the pick is for you, you're going to hear it. But uh, believe it or not, Mark, you know, this is a game that I look at. Um, I had a weird feeling last year, this time of year, which is what led me to pick the upset victory. Right? I mean, I went against the grain, right? Nobody else, I don't even think in Gamecock circles, unless you were just a Garnet Glasses Gamecock fan, was picking the upset. I've been searching for that feeling, Mark, all offseason. I just have not found it. I think Garrett Riley is maybe the best OC in college football. I think Cade Klubnick will be much, much better. Their defense is still one of the best in college ball. Clemson might come into this game 10-1. and one. I think the days of blowouts in this rivalry, for the most part, are over. I think the Gamecocks are getting closer to where Clemson is from a roster standpoint. But I give the edge to the Tigers, man. I got 35-27 to 27 Clemson in the finale. You mean the offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, that South Carolina wanted? Okay. Uh, just to, Whether they just to... wanted him or did not want him, I Listen, I, I look at it this way, Mark. We don't have to go back down that rabbit hole, but I look at it this way. Garrett Riley was the most sought-after OC when the job opened up at South Carolina, right? By everybody. If, if Garrett Riley would have come to Columbia, Gamecock fans would be singing his praises as he is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I can tolerate a lot of things, but I don't like hypocrisy, Mark, and I will not tolerate it. Just because a guy doesn't come to your school, it doesn't mean he all of a sudden sucks. Garrett Riley's still one of the best offensive minds. I'm not sitting here telling you they're going to score 50 a game. But, like, to insinuate that because Garrett Riley didn't come to Carolina and he went to Clemson, he all of a sudden sucks. Like, 
I just don't buy that. You know what I mean? I don't buy that. I still, to this day, I'll say right now, I wish I wish Garrett Riley would have come to South Carolina. And I don't care how that sounds. I hope Dowell Loggins makes me eat my words. But right now, based off known commodities, Garrett Riley's a safer bet than Dowell Loggins. That is the furthest thing from a hot take. Anyways, I think Clemson's – I don't think Clemson's the liability offensively that they were last year. Their quarterback's not going to go 8 for 29 in the game. And I think South Carolina – Again, the deficiencies in the line of scrimmage, I think, could show in this one. Clemson very good in the trenches. I think it's a very close back-and-forth game. 35-27, to 27, though, I got Clemson. So, Chris, uh, last year you had a funny feeling. Uh, this year do you have a funny feeling because of the indigestion forming about what's going to come the Gamecocks way <laughs> in this particular game. All right. Um, I commend you for being willing to make that pick, Chris, because you're exactly right. Look, at home, Beamer and Rattler are not going to let the Gamecocks get blown out. But I was at the game and uh, this last year, Chris, and I could not believe the lax, laissez-faire, party beach atmosphere that was laced with arrogance at Clemson. And I, I kept tweeting at second quarter, third quarter, this place feels like a balmy, this place feels like a Sunday stroll. If y'all don't wake the hell up, you're going to end the L. You're going to wear the L. Four minutes to go in the game, Chris. The the scoreboard operator's playing tricky, 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 still like it's some party. You know what I mean? And the atmosphere, the vibe, everything was off. It was off from the team. It was off from the fans. It was off from the scoreboard operator. Like nobody was taking the Gamecocks seriously, and that disrespect fueled the victory. That that, that mistake is not going to happen this time. By the end of the year, Clemson's offense under Riley and Cade Klubnick are going to be at peak performance. And it doesn't matter that South Carolina might be the same. The talent wins out in the end. And I think the lines are not yet where they need to be for South Carolina to win more than a one-off against Clemson. Okay. I will go uh, Clemson 28-14 over South Carolina in the final game of the year. That's a two-touchdown win. Defense shows up um, and major, major pride on the line for Clemson in this one. I got South Carolina finishing seven and five. So we both have seven and five for South Carolina after all that. (laughs) When you said I was trying to temper expectations, here we are, Mark. We both look up and it's a seven and five season, which I'll tell you this, Mark, that feels right to me. As badly as I'd like to see eight and four, I think it's doable. As badly as I'd like to see it, seven and five to me just feels about right for this team. Like I told you, Mark Ryan, and I don't know if you disagree or agree. I think the Gamecocks have more question marks than last year. I I, I really do. I think they have more question marks. You've got a brand new OC. I think the line of scrimmage, I think your offensive line's weaker. I think there's reason to believe the run game could be worse. Like, truly, which is crazy because what did you talk about, Mark Ryan? South Carolina was the only team the in only college football. The only team in college Outside football. of the top 100 in rush offense, rush defense. I think they're going to be outside of the top 100 again. And you just can't cheat death forever. Like, I think a 7-5 and five season, and I know, Mark, we've already talked about what's success, what's not. So I'm not going to sit here and reset expectations and tell you that 7-5 and five is a great success. But I will say this. I think seven and five with, and I know year three is the ascension year. I look at this as sort of from a talent standpoint, roster standpoint, 
a gap year in the trenches because they're recruiting at a high level. They've recruited at a high level. They've got talent on the roster. So I think the biggest thing, what's the biggest kicker that can make this be an eight or nine win season? Does that young talent come along quicker than we expect? If that young talent can come along and make some unexpected impacts, this thing could get turned sideways. But right now, based off of what we know, seven and five feels right to me. So last year, Chris, it, the, the stat was there was no other team that finished with a winning record that was outside of the top 100 in rush offense and rush defense. The Gamecocks were the only team that did that, right? Um, by sheer practice, Chris, I got to hope that I got to think that they're better than that. By, by sheer willpower, they're better than that. Running backs these days, Chris, are a dime a dozen. You can develop another one. Right. At the same token, as we identified, seven and five is disappointing. Eight and four is a success. You and I both have South Carolina within one game of success. You have them losing to Mississippi State as the surprise. I have them losing to Kentucky as the surprise. I have them beating Texas A&M as the surprise. You have them beating North Carolina as a mild surprise to me. We both centered on seven and five. Any team that goes seven and five, Chris, can go eight and four. They can, they can For get sure. there. For sure. Absolutely. Right? They can get there. And we, we've highlighted some of the games in which that can happen. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Mark. That was a lot of fun, by the way. That was a lot of fun. I, I, uh, I appreciate you rolling with that because I know that making your predictions on the fly is not the easiest thing in the world. But that was – that was a lot of fun, Mark. That was a lot of fun for sure. So I, I'm excited again. We'll talk a lot more about it starting next week. Offense, defense, special teams, really getting the nitty-gritty. But, again, to me, 7-5 and five feels about right. My best-case scenario, Mark, though, for this team, I think 8-4 and four is the best case. Is that is that too low of a ceiling? Yes, it is. Uh, how many unwinnable games are on the schedule in your mind, Chris? Unwinnable. This is how I, so this is how I categorize it. I'm putting it – so when I did my wins, toss-ups, losses – the I only saw, game I, I put a, I saw, right, I right. Saw, the only I game saw. I put an L next to in heavy black ink is Georgia, but there are also so many toss ups on this schedule. Some of them I favor more towards the loss column. For example, Tennessee. I would throw Tennessee in the loss column, me personally, and I would throw Florida in the win column. So that puts me at four and two with six toss ups. The likelihood that South Carolina goes five and one in those six games, Mark. I think is slim and none. I, I just, I have not seen that level of consistency from this program, from this roster, from this football team, however you want to phrase it. I have not seen that consistency yet. I think four and two is very doable. I think three and three is what I'm expecting. So that's kind of how I phrase it, Mark. Uh, so I think nine and three is the ceiling. And I think five and seven is the floor. What did my prediction do, Chris? split the difference yeah right split the difference everything goes wrong five and seven everything goes right nine and three um and everything going right means that nick harbour is a huge part of the offense right um that you found playmakers on the offensive and defensive line you found a running back right so i do think the ceiling is nine and three i do think the floor is five and seven five and seven might look like spencer rattler got injured right? Um, you can't run the ball a lick. And now you got Luke Doty in there and you can't run the football, right? I mean, that, that's what five and seven might look like. Nine and three, you found some solutions to all that stuff. 
right? And, um, you know, so I, I think that's what makes it exciting, Chris. Mm. That's why we love college football. Because even when you think you know your team, then the Gamecocks pull off in November from last year, and it's like, well, where did this come from? You know, two top ten wins? Where did this come from? The same month that Florida happened, they pulled off two top ten wins, right? So that's why we love college football, man. It is so, it is nothing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If not unpredictable, even you and I, Chris, I mean, I have a range of five, five and seven to nine and three. So, I mean, that, that's, that's why we love it. It's an incredible time. It's an incredible excitement. And, you know, it's realize, Gamecock fans, that year three is the year where you typically get the answer on, on your head coach. What is Shane Beamer going to show you in year three? That he is the long-term guy. Because, Chris, this is the inconvenient truth that Gamecock fans don't want to know. Hmm. If Beamer finishes seven and six, he'll have the same record as Muschamp through year three. Okay? Through year three. At that point, the comparisons with Muschamp start to become inevitable. So if you and I are right, Chris, and they go seven and five, and let's say they, they, they wear the L in the bowl game, you're now even with Muschamp through year three. And that's not where Beamer wants to be. So let me ask you this, Mark. <clears throat> to overachieve, we'll say, or to, or to hit the eight and four mark, which I think you and I would both agree is success and is the ascension in year three that we're looking for, right? You've got A&M as the improbable upset, whatever. I'll say of the games against UNC, Georgia, Tennessee, and Clemson, which of those four do you think it's most likely that they get sort of that, let's call it the signature win of the season, put kind of that exclamation point on the year and and show those signs of progression that, again, like you mentioned, you want to see in year three? So you had A&M, Tennessee. Because you, well, you've already picked A&M as a W. So outside of right. those, I said UNC, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, and Clemson. Of the UNC. games you picked as losses, yeah, which UNC, one do you think is most likely to play? Yeah, I think UNC. But I, I do mm-hmm. see, think them being I, – I, I see them being really competitive, Chris, against Tennessee. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go UNC in that one because of Spencer Rattler's motivation, you know. Folks, folks are getting mad on the chat that I'm, I would compare Beamer to Muschamp. It's not me making the comparison. The records are making the comparison. Beamer is tied with Muschamp through year two. They're both 15 and 11. If Beamer goes seven and six in year three, they would both be 22 and 17 after three years at South Carolina. So it's not me making the comparison, right? You don't want Beamer to be identical to Muschamp after three years. Mm-hmm. The feeling is that he's that he far exceeds Muschamp. 
You hated Muschamp. You love Beamer. Well, at some points, you know, all of the rosiness and, and blowing smoke up your skirt comes to an end. At some point, you got to look at the results. Mm. And history shows that you do that with head coaches in year three. Mm. Folk, uh, Chris, here's what I here's I'll, I'll close with this. In no way, shape or form is Beamer on the hot seat, but he is under pressure for the reasons we just stated. Mark, last thing before we get you out of here, because that was absolutely electric. Does the 7-5, and five, now we've gone through it, I'm sure this is the first time you've locked in your predictions for the Gamecocks, and you're, and obviously you have the freedom to change them, so I don't want to make it sound like you couldn't go back and revise some things, but does it surprise you at all that you five you fall at 7-5? and five? Because I feel like there's a difference of us just kind of talking about it and looking at how many they need to win this year, but then you go through and you break it down game by game, and sometimes you sort of surprise yourself with, oh, damn, I actually ended up at 7-5. and five. I didn't expect that. Are you surprised by that pick at all? Did you thought your, your overall picks, win total, could be higher? Because, again, Mark, when you look at games on an individual basis, that's one thing. When you look at a schedule and how they fall and momentum in college football, bye weeks, that type of stuff matters. And I think it can change your outlook slightly. 100%, Chris. The reality is, Chris, Everything is out there for South Carolina. And it feels like when the season ended and in February and March, there were there was this incredible optimism surrounding this team, right? Since that particular time, it feels like that's taken a bit of a hit. All of these analytics projections are out. It feels like the Gamecocks are filled with question marks. But the good news for Gamecock fans is a lot of those questions are going to get answered, right? A lot of those are going to get answered. Dowell Loggins is going to find what works. Rattler is going to look closer to the guy that finished the year than the one that, that began the year last year. And Nick Harbour is going to be an ex- incredibly explosive player. And you're going to find answers to some of those. So if it, you know, to me, can South Carolina exceed seven and five, my prediction? Yes, they can. What's the biggest key for Beamer to replicate what he did last November and to be for the team to be hitting its peak, adjusting to Dowell Loggins offense, Rattler playing his football, best football, you found a running game. Offensive line is starting to play some solid football in November. If that is the case, South Carolina absolutely can achieve exceed expectations. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate, offsides with Mark Ryan. Check him out every single day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7. Mark, again, thank you so much, my friend. Wish you nothing but continued success. Looking forward to chatting with you guys next week and like i said that was an electric segment so thank you so much hey guys we appreciate it so much invite you guys to follow me on twitter if you'd be so kind at mark ryan on air that's at marc ryan on air chris congratulations on all the blessings in your life my friend we look forward to talking to you next week thank you my friend appreciate you mark we'll talk soon Thank you.